Welcome to Trade Finance Talks, a podcast from Trade Finance Global. During this series, we'll be hearing from global experts, as well as learning about the latest trends, technology and insights in the world of international trade and receivables finance. Episode 65. The Banking Commission, it is a global rule-making body for the banking industries. And the rules and standards exist purely for one reason, and that is to build trust. The summary there is, is the digitization working group has now almost moved under the umbrella of the ICC DSI, which will sit separately from the Banking Commission, and the trade rules-based working groups will remain under the Banking Commission. My name is Debash Patel, editor at Trade Finance Global. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Lin Ung, the ICC Banking Commission's new chair and global head of food, commodities, and agri at ING Bank. Organizations such as the ICC are critical in keeping the world's economic engines running, particularly those who need it most, small and medium-sized businesses. The ICC Banking Commission is one of the leading global rulemaking bodies for the banking industry, producing universally accepted rules and guidelines, which are vital in facilitating trade-led growth and development. From the uniform customs and practice rules for documentary credits, to rules on collections, demand guarantees, and electronic rules, ICC rules underpin trillions of dollars worth of trade going through banks each year. Now, COVID has provided us with a bit of an opportunity for a reset, and so has the ICC's leadership at the Banking Commission. So today I'm joined by Lynn talking to us about the ICC's new governance strategy moving forwards and some of the key priorities for the Banking Commission. Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dipesh. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, Lynn, quick introduction. So, in no more than 30 seconds or so, can you give me a quick overview? Who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? My name is Lynn. I'm a Singaporean. I grew up in a multicultural international trading hub. So, no surprise that I ended up in a job that's related to trade. I started out as a management trainee with Standard Chartered Bank, where I discovered the world of trade finance before moving on to focus on commodities finance with major commodity banks like Rabobank, former Fortis, and now ING. At ING, I am the global head of commodities, food, and agri, which is one of the sector coverage teams within ING's wholesale banking. I am very blessed to be leading a team of professionals who are passionate about delivering their best to help ING's corporate clients produce and deliver commodities as well as food products in the best possible way. Today, I'm very honored to be appointed ICC's uh, chair for the Banking Commission. This is a great opportunity for me to serve the wider banking industry. Thanks, Lennon. What an incredible background you have. So let's start with the big news. Of course, the Banking Commission has recently undergone a, a bit of a major reshuffle. Can you provide a, our listeners with a bit of a background on what's changed and what the new structure is? In a word, it's about simplification. So in the past, there was executive committee. So now we have a simpler structure where it's basically one committee consisting of one chair and up to a maximum of 12 vice chairs. And together with the ICC secretariat, we form what is now known as the steering group. The number of working groups that were previously under the former ICC committee has also been streamlined in that process. And it's now a smaller group. Why is the new streamlined leadership so critical and why make the change right now? 
It's all about focus. We need to move quicker. We need to be much more agile. If you look at the global economy, the changes that's been happening, it's accelerated to the point where it's now technologically possible to have trade done almost instantaneously. However, trade financing has not really caught up. It's become a real bottleneck to the supply chain and has resulted in increased costs. So if you look at the core of the issues, it basically boils down to a lack of trust and we need to rebuild that. The Banking Commission, if we go back to why it was set up in the first place, it is a global rulemaking body for the banking industries. And the rules and standards exist purely for one reason, and that is to build trust. The UCP is a great example of that. The UCP exists to enable parties who do not know each other to trade with each other. Why? Because they know that by following the rules, the norms and the standards, they will receive a certain or specific outcome, which is that the suppliers will receive payment for the goods and the buyers will be assured of delivery. And while is that possible? That's made possible simply because the banks are there to operate as sureties for the norms and the standards. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Simplification is absolutely critical. And you're right, trade finance, despite you know, probably contributing some 80% to global trade, is absolutely critical. And by having those, those global rules to provide guidance for banks, I think that's really important. So the Banking Commission had a large number of working groups which no longer exist. What will happen to them with the reshuffle? So it's again back to simplification. So a number of the working groups have now been disbanded and some of that work has been transferred to other working groups, for example, the Digital Standardization Initiative. So one of the groups that we had previously, that was the API working group, and that's now gone over to the DSI initiative. And the reason for that really is this. We've been through a period of identifying many issues, all the issues that's associated with trade finance. Why is it that we're not able to get more of it? How do we make sure that people are able to accept it. So the reality is that many of these are complex issues. They are all interlinked. It's impossible to solve on a standalone basis. So with the streamlined leadership, we will be forced to prioritize the key issues to focus on to provide clarity in terms of what we can do to help ourselves as a banking industry. So what we would do is that we would identify what are the things that we can do ourselves, what are the things that it's actually better to work together with the other commissions in the ICC. The resources can then be prioritized and dedicated accordingly for a much quicker delivery. So as I mentioned, the DSI is one of those initiatives. And in terms of the rules relating to the UCP, ISBP, for instance, and those kind of work will continue. The summary there is, is the digitization working group has now almost moved under the umbrella of the ICC DSI, which will sit separately from the Banking Commission and the trade rules-based working groups will remain under the Banking Commission, right? That is correct. So it's all about leveraging on each other's capabilities and experience. So what we would now do is to work on a more project-like basis with defined deliverables and timelines, making sure that aligned with ICC strategic priorities, which are rebooting the global economy, speeding up uh, the industry digitalization, enabling sustainability, and renewing the global trade system. So what the steering group will now do is that uh, we will evaluate each of the projects and we will evaluate it in a way to see whether the output or the envisaged output has a real value that contributes to, to at least one of the ICC strategic priorities. Sounds good. So based on those three priorities, how will this new structure actually help ICC's business members? 
Well, the streamlined approach should result in uh, quicker deliverables. These fully align with the SDs, that's fully aligned with the strategic priorities of ICC. So once we start working on it, we should start to see step-by-step step increased trust in the system, which is what it's all really about. And this should in turn translate into reduced cost and improved accessibility to financing for those deserving businesses to contribute real value to the economy. Let's talk about, I think it was the second priority, which is all around the digitization of trade. And it's really been brought to the forefront of issues during the pandemic. ICC has quite an active role in promoting this, particularly through the DSI, the Digital Standards Initiative. And we spoke to Oswald Coiler earlier this year on Trade Finance Talks. What's your opinion on global standards? Is that the answer to paperless trade? If not, what else needs to happen? Global standards for trade and banking is unfortunately just one part of the equation. So defining them is absolutely critical, but adoption and implementation are the real key challenges. So within the banking commission, we have established commercialization working group, which looks at how we can work through some of the challenges in implementing, for instance, the e-rules that we have, like the EUCP. But next to that, we also need to push for global acceptance of the transferability of electronic records so that the electronic versions of things like bills of lading, bills of exchanges will be deemed as being as effective as its paper counterpart. So that's really something that needs to happen and to happen very quickly. Now, the good news is that the United Nations Commission on International Trade Law has already released the model law on electronic transferable records. So what we need to do on our part is to encourage the countries or the governments to adopt them as quickly as possible. That's one of the ways you'll be interfacing with some of the national committees, right? Which is working with those national committees to really, I guess, bring digital trade to the forefront of national government agendas, right? Absolutely. So you also highlighted sustainabilities as one of the focus areas. And obviously there was the very active working group on sustainable trade finance. What's happening with that, particularly in and around some of the projects that they were working on? One of the things that is really critical is establishing common industry classifications for what is being deemed as sustainable trade finance. So if you look at what's happening in the world, especially the latest report by IPCC, there's a lot of natural disasters like drought, wildfires, floods, right? And the physical evidence is showing that this is caused by human action. And human action in the past, it's easy to point the fingers and say that, hey, it's a result of the producers or the production aspect. But more and more, I think we need to realize that it's the entire supply chain. And being an integral part of the supply chain, we as the banking industry will need to do our part as well. So I'm very happy that uh, we are going to be working on defining these common industry classifications because I believe that uh, this will help build public and investor confidence in the environmental and social performance of the industry. So our aim is to launch this new taxonomy at the next UN Climate Summit in November. Great. Well, we look forward to hearing about that at COP26 in Glasgow, and we hope there's continued good work on that classification. So I guess there are probably huge challenges, obstacles and hurdles on the horizon. From your personal perspective, what do you think is going to be some of the biggest challenges in this new role? In terms of the challenges, it's really about aligning the interests of people in getting people to really, I mean, just focus on two things, right? It's all about transparency. It's all about trust. We need to find 
a way to enable trade flows to be built and to continue. And the greatest way is, is really to establish the standards surrounding it. So to take away all the uncertainties. So I see that as being very critical. But as I shared earlier, there are so many parties involved in the trade transaction. There's so many people aligned. But I believe that by talking about it and just being very open, I believe we'll be able to find enough like-minded people to make the necessary changes. Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned earlier, trade is such a siloed industry. It's actually quite hard to get the relevant stakeholders, which represent the relevant parties and the diversity of global trade into room to be hopefully going in the right direction towards digital trade. In the short term, what's the next priority for the Banking Commission? This is a critical time for us. So as the Banking Commission, we will really be focused on delivering. We've already identified a number of issues, a couple of common themes. So there's a lot to be done. And I think that we'll just have to let our work speak for itself. Absolutely. Well, Lynn, thank you very much for introducing yourself. And we're delighted to speak to you as the new chair of the ICC Banking Commission. Really excited to hear some of the new and exciting projects, but also some of the important key projects that have been going for quite a while, such as the trade register. We're really looking forward to continuing to be in touch and speak soon. Indeed. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Trade Finance Talks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts at tradefinanceglobal.com 